Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the INFJ Whisperer podcast, where I dissect all things INFJ. You are not alone anymore. There are others like you. people in my life that are willing to give their time and effort and energy to me I'm actually astounded by it and I'm really grateful to have Dominic on this call with me he is a recent graduate of a university from the UK and he studied English literature which is really beautiful I love that and um, he's actually done a little bit of teaching as well and the reason I'm bringing him on and the reason he agreed to do this thankfully because he's very busy is because I've been getting a lot of I should say a lot. I've been getting some emails from young INFJs, and I've gotten a lot of them over the years, I would say, where they're confused about what to do with their lives. They have no idea, actually. And they know they should do something because that's what everyone tells them, but they don't know if they should follow their heart or if they should follow their uh, wallet, you know, like to see if they should follow something that would pay them a lot of money or should they follow something that's going to make them happy? Will it actually make them happy? Um, and so there's a lot of confusion regarding the whole situation of what to do when you're going into university, what, what, what things to choose, what to do with your life there, what, how to socialize, how to be a normal human being when you are an INFJ and you have no idea how to talk to people uh, and things like that. So I, I wanted to talk to Dominic about this because I really think that he has a lot of value to provide here. And I know he's helped a couple of people that have sent his way, thankfully. Um, and so I wanted to, as I said, bring him on and just ask him questions and just throw everything at him and he can kind of give us what his feedback is for all those young INFJs who are confused out there. Hello, Dominic. Hello, Moon. It's really, really nice <laughs> to be here. Um, yeah, yes. thank, you for, thank you for getting me on. Yes, I'm so grateful. I know, as I said, you're very busy. So again, I will keep it short and sweet. Uh, hopefully. I know I have a tendency to talk, so just cut me off, cut me off. I also um, have a tendency. I know the INFJs, we don't normally talk, but when we have a subject that we care about, it's like, all right, just be quiet now because we can't keep on talking for like three, six hours straight, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, so my first question, obviously, to you is what, maybe we can start off actually with a little bit of your own experience. Like, what did you, how did you decide on what did you want to do? And how did you get over that? Did you have that confusion in your life? You know, how did you get over it and all that? I would love to hear a little bit about that. 
that's a brilliant question. Because um, I think my case is actually very uh, typical of um, INFJs more generally. Because uh-huh. um, mm. I took seven years to university, um, which is quite uh-huh. a while. And I originally yeah. went to so I went originally went to university straight after finishing um, A levels, so sort of school, um, yeah. you know, very normal path. Um, but then I was doing maths at that time. I got about oh. um, like about halfway through my year and decided maths wasn't for me. What I really loved was writing. I didn't have an English A-level, so they had to go back and get the English A-level. Then I came back to do English, and then I decided that I wanted to be a monk, <laughs> a Buddhist monk. Uh, so then yeah. I spent two years wanting to be a Buddhist monk, um, and I sort of neglected my studies. I was still studying, but I, was, I wasn't giving them proper attention. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, I decided I actually didn't want to be a monk. I did actually want to be a creative writer after all, and did actually want to... So I went two years without writing, and I came back to writing. Um, and wow. now I've decided, actually, no, I do want to be a creative writer. And so I spent my third year, I finally got around to my third year, when I finally did my third year, so that's what I really wanted to do, English literature. But it really took me a while to discover what I wanted to do, what I loved. And um, I think you can have so many interests in INFJ. And that was for me. I had so many interests and it took me a long time to decide, no, this one interest is the one I want to prioritize above the others. Right. Yeah, that's brilliant. And actually, that's one point that you bring up over and over again when I speak to you about young INFJs or INFJs in general, is that we have a lot of interests. And you know, we're like, all right, should I, for me, I actually, you know, did a little bit of like manga drawing at one point. And I was like, do I want to become a, a manga, you know, artist? Of course not, because I love reading them, but I'm not really like the person who's going to be good at drawing them, at least not right now. And so it's kind of funny because we get attracted to all these interesting things that we do. And we're like, oh, I want to do this. I, I think I'd be great at it. Or I, I would love to do it. And maybe I'm going to become awesome at it if I just practice, practice, practice. And then we lose interest and then we go to something else. So that's something that you probably notice as well for yourself or in other INFJs. Yeah, absolutely. I was talking to one of my other INFJ university friends the other day, um, ahead of this, uh-huh. this call. I thought, shoot, that would be brilliant to get two, two INFJs' opinion on this one yes. topic. Uh, uh-huh. She said she often gets frustrated. Like more than once she decided she's a chemical engineer and more than once she's been deciding, oh, actually, no, this isn't for me. I should leave this behind. Maybe, you know, maybe do poetry or something, um, which is obviously yes. quite a step yes. in chemical engineering. Um, but <laughs> said, like, don't, don't give up. It's just like, I think this is like something really interesting I heard the other day I was thinking about. Um, was it a Catholic wedding? And the priest said, um, some people think that love should sustain a marriage, but in fact, it's the other way around. Let your marriage sustain your love. And I think it's something like that with university. Like if you've chosen the right course, and that's, that's a difficulty in itself, but if you choose the right course, let the course be the reason. Study the course in a way that me- means you continue to love it. Um, Because it's easy to end up hating it and easy to feel frustrated and easy to feel overwhelmed. And then you've got some other interests, you know, you've got manga drawing, like, well, I can do that. I'll I'll just skip, especially your first year. I'll skip, I'll skip onto that. But no, I think find a way to study things in a way that's going to continue to keep you uh, loving it. Remember, remember why you love it. You know, uh, if you like poetry, don't just study the the poetry on the course, you know, study poetry outside of that to, to remind yourself, no, this is what I love. This is something I want to be doing in my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no I love that that's so beautiful it's, it's poetry the way the Catholic priest said it too you know it's so it's so easy to imagine that there's something better out there and it's the paradox of choice there's actually a book like that as well and I love that book because it literally truly is the world that we live in right now because there is literally you can be anything you want to be perhaps not an astronaut but actually now you can go to space as well so perhaps you can't even be an astronaut you know uh <laughs> So there's nothing that you can't do, especially if you live in a developed world like us, uh, or like we, you have more opportunities. Even, you know, people in the developing world perhaps have as many opportunities as we do, or 
almost as many opportunities as we do. So it really can, you can have the basket of choices are becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. And that kind of creates a little bit of like, oh my God, fear of missing out. Am I missing out if I don't do this? Or if I don't do that, maybe I should be doing this. It just creates a lot of confusion within you. For me as well, the same thing, you know, I'm a writer, a creative writer as well as you are. Um, and I sometimes I'm like, I love writing. I love writing. I love writing. And then some moments I'll be like, oh my gosh, should I just find something else to do? Like, really, this is not something that I want to do for the rest of my life. Am I going to be able to do this for the rest of my life? And all of these doubts come up for me. But thankfully, my writer part of me is strong enough that I can come back to it and says, no, actually, I love writing and I'm going to keep on doing this until I die. So yeah, I totally, totally resonate with what you're saying. Do you have any other things that you kind of would tell people who are you know, in this state of confusion? Hmm. Oh, I think what's really, really interesting. So when I decided not to do maths anymore, so I'd been, you know, that's, that's you know, two years of A-level, you know, I did further maths, maths, physics, it wasn't any, no yeah. humanities. So, you know, that, that was pretty much blocked off my humanities road. It wasn't easy. I had to sacrifice a lot to get there. So it was a big choice. So then it was, yeah. so then obviously you could ask, well, why, why would I possibly choose that? And I think, because when I was doing mm. maths, I liked it because I was good at it. I think it's easy to like things that you're good at, but that doesn't mean you love them. Because I realised what I was doing is I was spending my time writing. I was spending my time reading things like Gulliver's Travels and other like novels. I was beginning to collect books, yes. like, old like classic fiction. Um, yes. And then yes. I realised, what am I, so what am I doing? You know, I, I put the maths down and I've not done it since. But I couldn't put the mm. writing down. I couldn't put the books down. Mm. So that's why mm. that was the thing to do. It's like the thing that you're mm. drawn to most. That's the thing you really love. I think that helps mm. can really help answer some of your questions. Yes, no, that's really, really powerful. Um, and unfortunately, the question that comes for me is that what if what you're drawn to is something that's not going to make you money? Or if, if that's an idea that, uh, you know, that now is that perpetuated. Question. Oh, what if it doesn't make me money? And I'm like destitute and bankrupt or living on the streets because, because I chose, I don't know, whatever you chose. Yeah. So what do you what would you say to those people? Well, that's a really, really good question. Um, <laughs> I would say I would say that it's actually perhaps I would say do some research into things like transferable skills and so forth, because um, mm-hmm. you might find out that if you do the course you love, it's not actually, for example, I did things literature, which some people say, well, is there anything you can do with that? Actually, a lot of employers mm-hmm. like that because it's very, very versatile. Um, you know, you get that can be anything from freelance, which is what I'm sort of interested in, mm-hmm. to actually, you know, going in editorial work, um, journalism, but also just there's lots of companies that just need people to be able to write well. To be able to write well mm-hmm. is a skill that most people need. If it's art history yeah. or something like that, I can understand why people are more nervous. But mm-hmm. so I can't I can't answer that question for people who want to do things like art history. But I would say just do do some research, you know, see. Yes. Um, yeah. And I do look on like freelance, what freelance is available once you've done this. Um, yeah. 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 Yes. And I would definitely add to it that, in fact, a lot of employers, like you said, are looking for people with fine arts degrees. And in fact, a lot of business schools and a lot of business um, like corporations are looking for people with fine arts degrees because they're able to think outside the box. They think in ways that perhaps a person who's an engineer might not think in the similar manner or a person who gets a business degree, perhaps might not be able to think in the similar manner. So there is a lot of opportunity out there. The only problem is that we kind of put ourselves into these little boxes and say, okay, so I've studied English literature. That means I need to become an English literature professor. And that's the only path for me. And I can only do this and there's nothing else for me. And then we kind of like shut ourselves off from all the different possibilities out there. And we just don't even pay attention to it. The universe is poking our back and says, hey, hey, there's that opportunity there. And we're like, but no, I said, I'm going to be an English literature professor. 
and I only am going to do that. And like that's the whole thing about INFJs, like you kind of kind of get a little bit narrow minded about our about our path, and you shouldn't be doing that. No, that's pretty interesting because I was just actually there's something other, the other day I, I, I sort of um, was helping out, and she was originally in finance, doing really really well in finance, and she's now going to do a master's mm-hmm. degree in creative writing. Um, Ooh, and she now wow. she wants to do creative writing, and it made me really made me think because um, I was able to help her out, and it made me think. Well, I can't do finance at all. But there's somebody else in the world who can do that finance, but yet still would want the abilities that I have now have. Mm. Well, that's a quite special thing to think, to realise that there are people out there who actually really, really want what you will develop if you choose the path that you you love. Because they will choose that maybe after doing something they didn't love and making the money. So, you know, it is something to consider. Yes, absolutely. And I do want to add that, you know, I, it took me, 15 years to get to where I am right now, where I'm doing exactly what I love to do. Now, of course, my path is a lot longer and I, I took a lot of detours. I don't recommend that for sure. Um, but like, I do want to say that, you know, don't be so like um, short term in your thinking. Don't believe that you have to figure out the path right away. If you don't, then you're just going to be destitute and everything's going to suck for the rest of your life. No, in fact, actually, you can switch careers. People change their careers seven times or nine times in their lifetimes, apparently. That's the stat I've seen last. And so, you know, you can start off doing something that perhaps you think that you want to do. And then if that doesn't work out, you can always switch over to something else. Something else. And, and there's no one that's saying, hey, you need to do one thing for the rest of your life. And that's the only thing you can do. And that's it. You know? Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's you know, to bring it down to the employer's level that people are sort of really interested in that particular aspect like the employers now often look for strength-based employment so you often look at your strengths so you say these are my strengths and these will be developed by whatever degree you take you say these are my strengths and then careers advisors will help you find a career that suits your strengths because actually yeah because even as far back as I know my dad I think wanted originally to be an engineer or sort of a sorry a mechanic fixing cars sorry a mechanic and they actually didn't let him in because they said actually you're too almost too clever for this job because actually you know your your skill set you'll get bored with this job so you know if you have skills that go beyond a job you might think you want they say actually no you're going to get bored we know from experience so yes I thought that was a really interesting idea that's I love that. That's so brilliant. <laughs> I love that. Actually, I'm I'm reading The Giver right now by Lois Lowry. And in that, it's like a dystopian novel where they kind of separate the population according to what they think they're they're gonna be suited to. So there are some people who are just nurturers and they love taking care of kids and they think they're put into that category. And it's kind of funny because it, when I was listening to it, I'm like, this actually sounds pretty good. Like it doesn't seem dystopian to me. I'm still in the beginning of the novel. But I'm like, it's pretty good because like I feel like people should be kind of directed into certain occupations based on what their skill sets are and what their what their inclinations are whereas what happens in our society or at least in the Indian culture that I'm from is that there's only three professions you should go into engineering law and doctor and our medicine and that's it and there's no other possibility out there even though you can you draw beautifully you can't go and become an artist you have to become a doctor or an engineer if you're a man become an engineer if you're a woman then become a doctor uh, and if you're like either, you can become a lawyer and like, just that's it, you know? So, and so it, it really makes me happy when I see people saying, okay, so these are your inclinations. This is what you'd be good at. And for me, whenever I would do any test from the beginning of my life, I got the same answer every single time. I don't know about you, Dominic, but for me, it was the same thing over and over again. They said I should be a motivational speaker or some kind of speaker. And I should be in the creative field, like marketing or writing or something creative. And it always came back like that. And it was there. 
it's really fascinating to me that I've kind of kind of ended up in these situations in these two kind of careers but in my own weird way that I've kind of sculpted it yeah yeah no I yeah I absolutely agree and, you know it's like the INFJ thing like if you're gonna put INFJ somewhere you probably wouldn't put yes. them in like a really boring routine desk job because they will just yes. lose their mind if they have to do that um yes yeah, and you have to love. Absolutely. And the thing is, actually, this is something that lecturers and monks both told me. Um, like, you have to love what you do. You will not. Mm-hmm. You will not survive here. In a sense, mm-hmm. um, you will yes. not stay here if you don't love what you do. There's something about that. You might say, "Well, I should do maths because I make more money doing that. Or I should do business." Yeah. Well, if you hate yeah. it, you won't put much effort into it, and so you won't get a good grade. Probably won't get a good grade. Maybe some people can, but you know, you might not get a good grade if you don't love the money. See, some people do business. I think they love the idea of the money they're going to get, and that's yes. what sustains them. INFJs, we, some of us want money, but most of us, I think, don't have that same love of money. We have love of creativity and ideas more strongly. And so mm. those things are tending to pull us away. So we're not going to be motivated by the money we get from the business. We're not motivated mm. by the course. So what is motivating us to actually get that really good grade? You know, we feel mm. like we should do it, but we can't just do things because we feel like we should. We have to have something really drawing us in, I think. Yes, yes, absolutely. And the problem is that you might be like, oh, well, I can kind of do the things I love on my part time basis or like when I'm free on my weekends and I'll just do something that I don't like that much, but I make a lot of money from. The problem with the INFJ, as you said, is that we will just not care. And soon thereafter, you'll get fired from that job because it happens to me all the time. Like I'll, I was in many jobs that I did not like. And I didn't necessarily get fired from all of them. But a lot of times the person would be like, do you actually really want to be here? (laughs) And I was like, I actually don't. (laughs) And a couple of times I got let go. And a couple of times I actually left before they were going to let me go or before like they even thought of the possibility of letting me go. The problem was that they all saw me as a very smart, creative person. And they really wanted to keep me. They were just like, you're just not motivated. And I was like, yes, I know, because I don't care to sell software or whatever I was selling at that point. So it really is that you might be like, oh, well, but I can do it. Well, no, you can't. All right. If you're an INFJ, you're not going to be able to do it for long. And you're going to hate your entire life for it. And you're going to get really depressed. And I would rather be an INFJ that makes a little bit less money, but loves what she does, than be an INFJ that makes a lot of money and hates apps absolutely everything and everyone because that's just not the kind of INFJ or the kind of person I want to be on this planet what do you say yeah no I know I absolutely agree um yeah 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 because it, it does it can you know it's not just because it does really get into your mental health I think like it can really it can really eat away at you and yes. uh, I think you because yeah. um you know there's, there's that thing of lots of people want to be happy or they want to be rich but i think trying to find mm-hmm. meaning in life that could be obviously you need to take care of the basis you can't just you know most people don't want to be homeless that i think is actually quite a reasonable thing not to want of to course. be of um, course but, yeah. but um or you don't want to be starving you don't want to be a literally starving artist but yeah. i think i think as long as you're willing to be slightly flexible um yeah absolutely i think what you want to be following is trying to follow what brings meaning to your life because it's almost like uh, maybe that sense of meaning in your life is actually telling you that this is where you should go. It's almost like an intuitive sense that this is where I should be in the world. You know, there's something about when you have that sense of meaning, um, like when you're in a really good meditation session, you know, something like that. I think there's something like that feeling when you're really in the right place. Um, your life just feels so rich. It feels so inner. There's so, so much inner wealth. that Even if the outside world is not as rich, you really feel like. You feel like you won't regret it on your deathbed. Nobody, you know, I don't think most people don't say, I wish I made more money on their deathbed. They do, people will say, I wish I had a more meaningful life. It's like Seneca. I think it's something like, life is not short. 
Life is not short if you use it properly. So use it properly. So find meaning in your life and then you can mm-hmm. die in peace. But otherwise, if you don't do that, you won't die in peace. And that's something to think about, I think. Yes, I love that. That's so perfectly said. <laughs> life is not short, but I think we make it short by not doing the things that we want to do. Um, and if you are like if you're an INMJ listening and you're looking at Dominic and I'm thinking oh but you guys have to figure it out I just don't and you know you don't know how what I'm going through and all that and it's always easy for us to say because we're kind of looking at it from hindsight and you're probably like oh but I'm in the midst of it and I just I can't see a a light at the end of the tunnel Uh, is there something that you would tell these people who are just like really in the midst of it and they just can't see anything any positive hope How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I would say that you need to start small. It's a small, it's a small piece of advice, but really start at, at small things. You know, so, so, you know, the thing is that any changes that you make in your life are going to probably cause you some stress. They're going to be, they're probably going to, you're probably going to be frightened of doing them at first. You know, I had to go through so yeah. much fear just to get to the place yeah. where I am now. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's so much you have to, um, it's sort of like um, there's a, this thing in Dante's Divine Comedy when he's going from purgatory to heaven and he has mm-hmm. to leave his guide behind one, so he has to go alone and he has to go through fire mm-hmm. and literally let his body be burned up. I think something about that, yeah. like to get to heaven, you have to go through the fire, right? There's yeah. something about that yeah. I think is really powerful. And I think that's really true. Um, 
So I know that's not necessarily very encouraging to tell somebody to walk through fire to get to where they want to be. But I think, you know, take take the small steps and don't avoid things. I don't avoid things. I think that's another thing about INFJs. We're good at, we like avoiding things. Um, so consider the <laughs> <Yes>. possibilities. <laughs> consider what will happen if you don't act. Don't just think about what will happen if you do act. Because yeah. you think, oh, if I keep on, if I do all, do all those actions, think about all the stress I'll go through. But think about all the stress you'll go through if you don't do that. You know, you say, well, I don't want to go through that fire. But if you don't go through the fire, you're still in poetry, right? Like if you don't go through you know, the divine comedy, you don't want to be in poetry for the rest of your life and you're know, doing all that stuff and you want to get to heaven, which means you have to think, actually, in the long term, is it worse to be where I am today? Is it worse to be here than it is to be where I want to go? And, you know, really weigh up, you know, what sort of hell could I make for myself in the next five years if I don't change? And what sort of heaven could I make for myself in the next five years if I do sort of take my virtues and take my strengths and really, really try and really try to make something of them? Wow, that's so powerful. Oh my God, I should just snip this part out and put it everywhere. This is really well said. I really loved how you used purgatory and heaven to kind of create this analogy. That's really well done, really well done. I really love that. Yeah, I just really think that it is about suffering in the present moment so your future self doesn't have to suffer. And everything is about that. You know, you don't eat the chocolate cake right now. So your future self is, is skinny or not skinny, but like fit. Or, you know, you do the exercise today, a little bit of suffering right now, but then you're fit later and you're like, you're healthy or like oh, so many different ways. Like you save money right now and you don't buy that purse that you want or whatever it might be, but then you have that money for the future and you can be free and, and retire faster or whatever it might be. So it's a lot of, a lot of things that I love about suffering right now a little bit and going through that fire of hell, not so much hell, but like some bits and pieces of it. And then eventually being like, all right, yeah, no, I actually had to go through that. And then you'll be like us looking back at it in hindsight and saying, oh, my God, that's exactly what I had to do. And my life meant exactly how it's supposed to be to get me to this point right now. And, you know, it's so perfectly laid out because the universe is so perfect. Yeah, I really like that. I'm really grateful you said that. Anything else to add on that? Um. Well, I will say that I don't regret, I, I don't regret not becoming a mathematician. And I don't regret not becoming a monk. Um, yes. Those are the things I thought I wanted at one point in my life, but I don't regret them. Yes. But I turned my back on them. I, yes. I did it and I, and I don't regret that at all, even though, you know, I had to make sacrifices. You know, going back to A-level, once you've been to university, of course I didn't want to do that. <laughs> like, yes. And, you know, though I had no friends at A-level. You know, when I went back to that A-level, yes. you know, it was, I was on my own then. Um, yes. But, you know, I, that was worth it in the end. I, I look, don't look back and think I regret that. I look back now and think, that was how my life begin, began to get to a point where I felt like it had meaning, where I felt like yes. I'm glad to wake up in the morning, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. not a small thing. Mm-hmm. No, oh my God, that's so brilliant because every morning you wake up with this anticipation and this joy and gratitude and you're like, oh my God, I can't wait to get up in the morning so I can do all the different things that I get to do because I'm so lucky and I'm so alive and you feel so, so thankful and for every breath. And like, I just turned, I, it was my birthday a couple of days ago I just turned 38 and it was really fascinating to me because I was like, I am, I've never had a birthday. Well, for the last few birthdays I've been in this state, but I really felt in this birthday that I have been in this, I'm in exactly the exact space, space spot that I want to be. And there's nothing I would change. And there's nothing, there's nothing that I would do differently. And I'm so exactly perfectly where I want to be. And so I really love that because I really want that for every INF, every person, not just INFJs but INFJs because I'm kind of biased towards all of the INFJs out there. But, you know, I want everyone to be in that space. And I think that starts off with choosing the right spot, choosing the right vocation kind of in university. That's really where it all begins. And if you 
if you don't, it kind of sets the bar for the rest of your life as well, because you might not choose the right partner. You might end up choosing the wrong job. You might end up choosing the wrong city to live in. And all of that just cascades out into just a horrendous life, which is how I lived for the longest time. Um, so I don't want that for all of you. Uh, and so that's why I wanted to do this video. I also wanted to speak a little bit about socializing, socialization in university. That was something that came up a lot as well, because a lot of INFJs, younger INFJs were apprehensive because they go into university and they're like, oh my gosh, I was terrible in high school at socializing, but I want to have good memories in university. How do I do that? Do you have any suggestions? Yeah, I was about just about to bring this up because it's such an important oh, good. point. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's several points here with things like also with housemates. We'll get onto that in, in a moment. Um, mm. Because it's that... Well, I've heard various sort of techniques, like uh, I know someone on IFJ does positive visualisation, so she imagines herself being really confident, quite extroverted, um, before going into the social situation, um, and she finds that really helpful, does that for a few minutes, and um, can find that quite helpful in the actual situation. Um, right. But I think there's also useful things, like are you actually socially anxious, or are you overwhelmed? Because those are two different states. Um, and I think this is something I found really helpful because a lot of NFJs are what I'd call highly sensitive people. This is Elaine Aaron's term. Um, we have nervous mm -hmm. systems that pick up more in our environment. So we're more easily overwhelmed, uh, more easily tired. And you know, you'll know this because yes. you'll just end up exhausted after social events. That's not anxiety. That's yes. being overwhelmed. And the way to deal with that right. is to say, I need to take regular breaks in social situations. But if you are socially anxious, if you are actually just scared, like you just find yourself, you know, fidgeting, swallowing, you know, your, your voice breaks whenever you're talking in a social situation. You know, if you have all your heart rate's really increasing, being overwhelmed can also increase your heart rate. But, you know, I think, you know, when you're anxious, you know, you know that, you know how terrified you can be and how much you don't want to do it. And you might avoid it again. Um, do the INFJ's avoidance thing. Well, the really it's really interesting how they actually sort of uh, treat this in sort of um, CBT terms. It's like, OK, so you're afraid of people. Okay. go into the street and ask 20 different strangers the time just do something small wow. like that yeah because okay. suddenly you, you, you begin to learn oh wait a second strangers are not gonna like bite me or they're not sharks they're not yes. you know, they're not, not yes. dangerous bears you start asking them the time um mm -hmm. yeah and then you could small things like this just just start small start doing start doing small things that begin to mm -hmm. make you realize that social situations are not quite as overwhelming as they might appear to be. Um, I think that's a really, really good start. But it's not easy. I would say it takes it takes some time. Over time, you know, we, we're quite confident now. I don't know how about you as a child. I know that I as a child, I was yeah. like the yes. most one of the most socially anxious and awkward people. Yes, around. me too. Like, I was uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you can. You really, you really just by slow growth, by slowly pushing yourself into new environments. Mm. And the thing is, the thing is, you don't get over your fear by avoiding things. You know, if you avoid yeah. things, that's just a symptom of having the fear. If you want to get over the fear, it's like the going for the fire thing again. You know, if you want to get over the fear, mm -hmm. you have to do these small little things to slowly erode that. You can't avoid, you have to yeah. face them. You have to face the fear. And the more you face the fear, at first you're going to be awkward. You're not going to do it. You know, you're going to be a bit, you're going to mm -hmm. stumble over words and so forth. Other people don't quite yeah. care quite as much as you think they do. But you're going to stumble yeah. over your words. They, they, you know, you're going to be awkward. That's how it begins. But as you do that over time, eventually you begin to become more confident. And you begin to mm -hmm. become the person who can handle social situations. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. there is, it really can, you can get there, but you have to, yeah. you know, you have to, you can't avoid it. By avoiding it, it's not the way to get there. So, you know, I understand, I, I appreciate the black pencil, but you know, there are things you can do. And I, I really would suggest that people do these small things and really just try them, just to see what happens. You know, just try 
ask 20 people at a time just see just do that just once and see what happens see if it mm-hmm. see if you begin to get less nervous on the 20th time than on the first time and if yeah. so then you know that it's true that you can get less nervous about things Yes, yes. I love that. I really love that. By the way, CBT, for anyone who's thinking, is not CBD. It's not that like thing that everyone's talking about. CBT is cognitive behavioral therapy. It's like a, it's a kind of therapy method that's really popular, and actually very effective from what I've heard. Um, so that's, I just want to say for people who are wondering. And uh, I really love what you said about, you know, trying things out and actually realizing the fact of the matter is everyone in university is as scared as you of socializing because it's their first time there. They're coming from high school. It's all new to them unless they're extremely extroverted and like they're just crazy about like socializing and they don't care. Everyone has a little bit of nervousness in them. So realize that actually that's something that I go into every situation with. I always kind of think, oh, everyone's as nervous as me. And so everything's going to be perfectly fine, even if they're not. I always assume that people are. And in fact, a lot of times they are. And a lot of times and I end up consoling them and making them feel good about themselves because I'm, a, I'm an INFJ, that's what we do. But it's kind of, it's really interesting to me because I'll go into situations where people are like, oh yeah, you must be an extrovert. And I'm like, no, I'm actually an introvert and people will never believe me. And I'm sure people are thinking the same thing about Dominic as well. They're like, uh, you both seem like extroverts. No, they're not. We've learned to be, we've learned to be extroverted or we learn to display extroverted skills in these situations because that's how we've built ourselves over the last for me 15 years and for you I don't know five years or something yeah mm-hmm. yeah and what was the yeah. other thing that we were saying that we really didn't want to talk sorry go on yes housemates is the other thing yes because uh, yes. that the housemate social situation um living in halls I think it's even worse in America uh we I think make people <laughs> do, you know, two people in one room which just sounds like a nightmare I've oh, never no, had to do that three Two, I think. I think like oh, they live two like good. Oh my gosh. Oh. Dorms, yeah. Yes, yes, me, yes. It's like I, you need a week for, for me at least. You need at least one space to be alone in the world. If that's not your room, yes. then you need to find somewhere where you can go and be alone. You know, once a day. Of Otherwise, course. you'll just lose your sense of who you are. Oh, I, mean, I, I lose my sense of who I am. I don't know if other people, yes. but you know, I get so overwhelmed yes. if I have no time alone. It's like I don't. You know, I can't even. I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's that feeling. I don't quite know who I am. <laughs> it's like I, I feel so overwhelmed. It's like. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm not sure who I am. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's one thing, you know, you find some time, for, you need to find your own time and your own space mm-hmm. and make time for that in the day. Um, but more importantly, I think, is that you have to learn how to tell people what you really think. Because one of the things yeah. with INFJs is that we don't tell people what we really think. And then we build up resentment against them and frustration. We sacrifice. Yeah. We want short term peace. You know, we, want, we, we don't want to say yeah. things that don't make people uncomfortable in the short term. So when they're really annoying us, we don't tell them. Unfortunately, yes. that leads to long-term <gasps> frustration and instability. So yes. we sacrifice yes. the long-term for the short-term. And you know, with a housemate, that can be catastrophic. You, you know, I've heard mm-hmm. about, you know, I never had to go through this all that much myself, but, um, you okay. know, I've heard about people saying, you know, mostly housemates all leave angry by Christmas. You know, this is in second year, you know, <laughs> all leave angry at Christmas because it's just like, I, I can't stand to live with those people anymore. Um, and and you've either changed, it could be even worse because we just don't tell people when they're annoying us until we get so stressed. And then suddenly out of nowhere, it's like, you haven't told me about any of these things. But suddenly, yes. you know, I, I find somebody listing off, well, look at all these things that you did and you know, how inconsiderate you were. It's like, how can I be inconsiderate? I didn't know that any of those things were problems for you because you never told me, even yes. though I've obviously been annoying you for like three weeks now. <laughs> yes, exactly. It, wow. Yeah. And so how can you, again, it's that avoidance thing. It's like, okay, uh-huh. for short term, actually don't just think, don't you think, well, if I don't talk about this, it'll get better in the future. 
no time mm-hmm. will not just heal this on its own accord probably you know think about how bad things could get if you don't so if you don't confront it because it's like mm-hmm. debt you know if you don't if you just try to ignore it it gets worse it doesn't get better yes. it's the same thing as yes. a sort of a sort of debt that builds up when you just don't confront problems in a household uh-huh. you know flat share and things like that if you don't console if you don't confront that problem i think i guess with friendships as well potentially if you don't confront the problems that are there they can really mm-hmm. spiral out, out and then suddenly you yeah. end up in a much worse situation than you had to be in you know and a much more comfortable situation um than you had to be in because you wanted that short-term comfort of not saying what you really thought Yes, yes, you're brilliant. Yes, this is exactly true. And I love how you phrase it. And I think I'm going to actually steal that phrase to say short term peace versus long term suffering or whatever you said. That was brilliant. I really love that because I think that we do that a lot. And I know I've done that recently. I've just actually been dealing with a person and I'm like, I should say this out loud, but I didn't. And then obviously it kind of deteriorated into a much worse situation. So if you're going to have housemates or roommates, as they call it in, uh, or dorm mates, as they call it in America, then because that's the first time I've heard housemates. And I was like, oh, that's a British way of saying it. Um, so if, you, if you're going to have roommates or, you know, um, dorm mates, then you're probably going to want to follow Dominic's advice and say, okay, tell them exactly how you feel. Don't worry about it. They're not going to hate you for it or they're not going to go berserk on you or they're not going to be like oh my god this person told me this one little thing now I'm never going to talk to them again we make up all these stories in our head saying saying that oh we, we're not allowed to say what, what's in our mind we are you know we're allowed to say what we want and they're allowed to say what they want and then it's a conversation it's not the end of the world it doesn't mean that you're going to completely deteriorate that relationship it's just conversation it's communication it's called being a human being on this planet and so, you know, try it out and see how it does not deteriorate anything. In fact, actually brings you closer to that person because the vulnerability that you show allows them to show them vulnerability as well. And then you kind of build a relationship that goes deeper. The trust goes deeper, the relationship goes deeper, and you actually become closer because of it. So really try. I know, and I'm, I'm saying it from a place where I, I have a hard time doing it too. So I, I'm really trying myself as well. And that's why I live by myself because I just can't, I can't do roommates. Um, but I do know that when I'm in a friendship and it's kind of deteriorating because of my inability to say what I really want to say, then I really try to be like, all right, send them a voice note or, you know, that's the best way for me to do it. It's like, I'll just send them a voice note instead of typing it out or I'll try to have a conversation face to face. And so that's really, really important for you to do. Follow Don's advice and say it out loud. Do not hold it back. Do not hold resentment. Don't get frustrated and then leave in a huff or door slam them at the end of the day because that's usually what we end up doing right yeah yeah on the door slam point because something i heard yes. the other day i think it's an advent um she said something uh-huh. about really interesting about forgiveness and she said mm. that it's forgiveness that makes action possible because you know we're all afraid we all don't know what's going to happen in the future when we act so we all have some fear about actually acting and you know should we say what we don't really should we say what we mean you know we're fear, afraid of saying what we mean or we're afraid of saying we might think we're afraid of um, not saying what we mean. You know, you can be afraid of both. Mm. But it's forgiveness that makes that possible because it's, it takes away it's it takes away that fear of acting because we say if we if we can both if we can mutually expect forgiveness, we can mm. actually say oh yeah, there's actually a way of moving on. Even if I do make a mistake, and we will make mistakes, we all make mistakes. We all find out we're that particular type of idiot, right? Yes. <laughs> we all yes. make so we all make mistakes. We all find out oh no, I'm that type of insecure. I'm that type of you know naive. I'm that type of inconsiderate. Um, mm. And we all find we all find this out at certain points in our lives. But we need forgiveness, and we need to offer forgiveness and receive forgiveness. 
um uh-huh. that's for that so that we so we can actually act in the world and be you know and be sort of together and um as human beings can um can get along um yes. i know it's not necessarily easy yeah. to forgive but but to, to just sort of remember the need for forgiveness so that we can actually act in the world and to um and to not be totally afraid and and so other people don't have to be afraid around us if we if they know that we're the sort of person who at the drop of a hat will just say no you know you're out you know i, I don't want to be your yeah. friend anymore you know they will just walk on eggshells around us and then that's not really there's nothing sincere there you can't go deep if that's the case so you need that forgiveness i think to be able to go deep with somebody and to be able to risk to have to risk the various um actions in life and the various exchanges yeah that's really well said. I really love that. I'd never thought about it as a forgiveness thing. But yeah, that's exactly it. That's what it entails. It's not like forgiveness has to be this huge thing where you're like um when you sit down and you kind of have this huge conversation. It's just it can be day to day. It can be like you forgiving that person for leaving the toilet seat up or down or whatever it might be or you know, you forgiving them for um not putting the utensils in the way that you want them to be put you know like there's so many different things that we have in our head that we want done um so yeah i really love that that's a very simple and soft way of looking at it instead of always being like oh my god i'm in competition with this person and i have to get my way or it's the highway and you know we get very dictatorial about things sometimes as a INFJ i know i do for sure um so yeah no i i love that I think that I want to end this conversation here uh, because I know that people have short attention spans. Also, I don't want people to be listening for hours on our <laughs> on end to my diatribes. Uh, but please, if any younger NFJs listen to this and you have a question and you're kind of going into university or college or community college or whatever it might be, uh, or you are kind of trying to figure out what you should be doing with your life, if you have questions, please put them down and Dominic and I will answer them or we'll do another session and then we'll answer them in video format so i'll add a comment or i'll i'll do another video hopefully if you have time uh, we'll do another video and we'll set up so that we can answer more of your questions because i think this is really important because i really really want you all to be set up properly for the rest of your life and this is the beginning of the rest of your life so it really is important that you do it right and thank you so much for coming dominic i really 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 appreciate your time thank you for having me i really hope this helps people and yeah i'm absolutely happy to do another session and to answer any questions that sort of um come our way so this has been brilliant Great. thank you again thank you thank you so much and again everyone please do uh comment below and let me know what you thought and i know dominic would love to hear from you as well so um thank you again and i shall see you all the next time around bye thanks for listening if you want to put a face to the voice you can check out my youtube channel boom shaka bye for now hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com